T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It is 7-11 in the Twin Cities, 65 degrees. Esme Murphy with you until 9 o'clock. Uh, we'll have, uh, coming up at the 8 o'clock hour, we'll have Professor David Schultz, who's actually just back from Lithuania. Fascinating to talk to him about that overseas trip, to hear what you know people are saying about the U.S. Uh, obviously, uh, a lot is going on in terms of these tariffs. Uh, the president strongly defending the tariffs and the trade war that he is uh, engineering here, saying this is the best way to get the good trade deals out of China. Uh, I thought it would be a good thing to do to turn to somebody who understands the financial markets and understands, you know, just sort of the language of all this because it is confusing. You feel like you're in the middle of it, and I know that a lot of Minnesota farmers feel like they're in the middle of it. Talk about what exactly is a trade war? Why is the president? Um, why are these tariffs out there? Uh, what is the end game? And, you know, might some good come out of it? Or obviously the markets are super jittery. What should you do about that? Uh, Justin Halverson, he is a financial professional, of course, with Great Waters Financial. He is joining us right now. Hey, Justin, how are you? Esme, I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Pretty good. Okay. A lot of folks, even if they are not directly affected by the tariffs, and I know that there are a lot of people actually who are listening to us probably are, especially our farmers, um, are a little nervous about the markets going a little crazy because of the tariffs and the concern about an extended trade war with China. What is your take on all this? What are you telling people? Because I'm sure you're getting your clients calling you saying, Justin, what should I do? And I'm getting really nervous. Uh, What's going on? Yeah, well, one thing we know for certain, Esme, is that the markets do not like uncertainty. And so right now, um, especially with a lot of unexpected news coming out where we thought maybe these trade wars were under control, and then President Trump comes out and raises tariffs on China, and then China comes back and says they're going to add uh, tariffs on additional on an additional sixty billion of American goods. Um, you know the markets didn't respond favorably as of late, and not not surprisingly. Um, and so you know, the, being that the markets like certainty, and, and that it's a very uncertain time right now, that's caused things to be a bit more volatile. Um, but and the bigger picture is that if this doesn't get under control and if it doesn't get figured out, the effect on the global economy is is extremely significant, uh, not just in the short term, but also for the long term. Uh, and that can obviously have a, a greater effect on the markets over time. Well, well, while we're on this, then what I mean, I'm sure that, that, that people are saying, well, what should I do? Should I pull back? Should I be you know, changing my investments or whatever? What do you recommend right now? You know, I mean, as a. As a financial professional, and at Great Waters, we um, primarily serve people who are in and near retirement. Our biggest advocation is um, the fact that you cannot predict the markets. Nobody can, and if somebody says they can, um, you know they're probably <laughs> lying to you because, yeah. uh, or they have insider information which is illegal, right? So, um, because we don't know exactly what's going to happen and when, our belief is you need to have a plan in place to um, essentially invest your money, especially when it comes to retirement in alignment with both your risk tolerance, which is your internal ability to sustain these, these market downturns. 
Right. Uh, because the absolute worst thing you could possibly do is, is see the markets get shaky. They start going down and then you sell at the bottom and then they start coming back up and you get all excited and you buy at the top. And that's the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do. So um, what we do know is the markets will go up and they will go down. And so be invested in a way that's in line with your internal value system or your risk tolerance. Right. The other side of the coin is your risk capacity, which is your ability for your plan to sustain risk. And that is primarily determined, in our opinion, um, by the time frame as to how and when you will need that money. If someone is in their 30s or 40s, they may not need to touch the, you know, their 401k and, and investment dollars for a long time. They can weather the storm. They can ride it out because, you know what, historically, if it goes down, eventually it comes back. And as long right. as you're diversified, you're not too speculative, you're going to be okay. And if you're adding in on the way down, you might come out ahead. Right. Well, and, and right. I mean, right. And, you know, if you look at sort of the bigger picture, obviously the start, stock market is if you step back, it's doing amazingly well. It is. And even with this you know, recent little pullback here in May and the context in the greater context, if you look at a longer term market chart, it's still uh, for the most part at all time highs. And, uh, and like you said, Esme, doing very well. Right. Well, and, and, you know, one of the things you mentioned at the start of this, th- that the markets don't like unpredictability. Um, I don't care if, if, if the folks out there listening, if you are the biggest Donald Trump supporter in the world or you're, you're the biggest critic in the world, I think everyone, just about everyone agrees that this is a uniquely unpredictable president. Uh, and in, in many ways, a lot of people see that as his strength. A lot of people see it as one of his downfalls. But he is unpredictable. Uh, it it does appear that he is striving to use this trade war, which is escalating, as as perhaps a bargaining chip uh, in, in negotiations with China to to kind of turn the tables on some of the. Uh, trade deficits that we have going. Um, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, it, it, obviously, this is all very complicated and on, on a global stage. But you know, there, there are those of us who are sitting here, kind of like looking at our portfolios, or just thinking about, well, gee, I would like to kind of retire here in a few years, and, and wondering what the heck is going on, and and is this going to be sorted out? That's a, you know, that's a great question, and. Um... You know, when you think of the fact that there's an election coming up, the last thing a sitting president would want is for there to be a major market correction as they come into an election, right? Correct. And so um, you have to believe behind the scenes his goal, and his goal is to get it figured out, and his belief is that he can have it, you know, get it figured out. But he's proven to be a president that's willing to dig his dig his feet in into the ground and um, and be a bit stubborn, and so. You know, it's it's a lot. It's leaving a lot of us out here wondering exactly what uh, what's going to happen because right. if it doesn't get figured out, there could be you know a major effect on on your portfolios. You know, right. when you when you bring Wall Street back to Main Street, that's what people are concerned about. What's going to happen for me? But the challenge is, if you pull everything to cash right now because you think it's going to get shaky, you could miss out on a, another you know major bull market here and and you know leave yourself like I said in that position where market timing doesn't work for you. Right. So, and, and there have been there have been other volatile moments where people have thought, oh my gosh, the market's going to tank, and it does briefly under President Trump, and then and then it just has continued to go up. Uh, one of the things the president did do uh, this past week is announce a sixteen billion dollar bailout for farmers. And actually, I think I'm going to get into that uh, a little bit uh, on the political side with uh, Professor David Schultz in our eight o'clock hour because let's face it, farmers have delivered. 
uh, for the, this president and, and here in Minnesota and across the country. They helped really secure his victory in, in 2016. Um, that's one aspect of this, but but that's not going to answer any. I mean, does that does that answer any bigger questions for you? Yes, he, there's this government bailout and help for farmers that are being especially hard hit, especially our, our wonderful so- soybean farmers. But right. it doesn't really answer any of the larger questions about what's happening, does it? No, it doesn't. And um, you know, by doing that, it, you know, it does add additional costs, so the taxpayer ends up paying for the bailout kind of a second time right. around. Um, and like you said, you can understand why you know he wants to bail out the the farmers, and the farmers you know, almost got especially hit here again because you know pork farmers in particular. China, you know, has some real issues there uh, with pork right now. So U.S. could have come to the rescue. Well, now that they're imposing tariffs on their side on U.S. pork, you know, um, they they got hit especially hard here as of late, and so. You know, I don't know if that's a sign that he's, you know, he's softening a little bit and, and realizing the impact of what's happening uh, because of some of these tariffs, right? But at the end of the day, um, you know, we know that um, if not, it'll end up meaning that all of us pay more for our goods and services over time because ultimately at the end of the day, the consumers do end up being the ones paying, paying for these tariffs. All right. Uh, listen, uh, Justin Halverson uh, is our guest. He is a professional, obviously, with Great Waters Financial, a great person to talk to in terms of uh, advice and, and analysis of what's going on in the markets. We're going to take a quick break, Justin, and we're going to come back with more with you after this on News Talk 830. It is 723 in the Twin Cities, down a degree to 65 degrees. Hope you're having a fabulous holiday weekend. Esme Murphy here with you until 9 o'clock. We're chatting with Justin Halverson from Great Waters Financial about uh, the situation with China and the trade war that is going on that is escalating, creating a lot of jitters in the markets. Uh, Justin, you, you talked about um, the risk assessment and that people who are younger, obviously, they, they can kind of wait it out. What do you tell the people, though, that are older, maybe in their 50s or 60s or late 40s, are, are you saying stay put here or are you making changes to them, uh, to their portfolios? I mean, what's sort of the guidelines? Because it doesn't appear, and granted, we don't know, it doesn't appear this is going away anytime soon. No. And, and, and on another note, volatility isn't a new thing. It's been around for a True. long time. And so for our clients, especially those who are getting closer to or are already in retirement, um, our goal is to have them a plan set up that is already in line with their risk tolerance. That does take account their risk capacity by knowing, you know, the money that they're going to need in the next one to three years, you know, five to ten years, and longer term money is going to be invested in different ways. We have kind of different buckets of money, if you will, for that money that you're going to need, you know, in the very near term, uh, versus money that you may not need to touch. You can invest that money in a very different way, um, and so so that becomes the biggest, you know, really job as a as a retirement planner. Is helping people, you know, figure out where they're going to get income from in a tax efficient and, you know, as minimal as risk possible way to to make sure that whatever the market does doesn't determine how they get to live in retirement. You know, our goal is that people can pursue their dreams, goals, and aspirations regardless of what the markets are doing. Uh, but that means you have to have the discipline in place to put a plan together that may mean some of your money is more conservative while some is more aggressive. You know, right. Some people want to get to retirement and. They want an all-equity portfolio, which may not be the right thing. And others want to put everything under the mattress, which, again, may not be the right thing. <laughs> right. Is, it, is it different? You know, because the, this president is so um, extraordinarily vocal, I mean, he's, he's a, he's a larger-than-life presence in, in so many ways. 
Uh, and granted, there's volatility at all different times, and and you know it's it's different volatility than this particular one. Are people more concerned about this just because it is the president, and because his rhetoric is is pretty intense? Uh, even if you're a fan of his, I think you have to agree with that. Are, are people more concerned about this? Do you think, or or is it just sort of another thing they're rolling with? You know, it's interesting as you say that. I'm just starting to think of kind of how my conversations with clients have gone over the last few years, and. You know, in the beginning, I think it was even stronger than it is now. And because I think this concern isn't new, I think we all knew coming into a Trump presidency that it was going to be unpredictable and there were going to be some fireworks. Um, Although on a side note, maybe not as many fireworks this year because a lot of them are produced in China. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, At the end of the day, I almost think people are getting a a little bit more immune to it. um, Interesting. Just because, you know... um, it's been such a good market for such a long time. I think that has an effect on it. You know, Trump came into office. Everyone thought the market was going to tank, and it didn't. He, we've been through some very interesting cycles with him, and the market has sustained. Um, and so at the end of the day, you know, even going through last, in 2018, October through the end of the year, was a very bad quarter for the markets. And because it bounced back so quickly, um, you know, I don't know if there's a sense of complacency that people are going to regret later on. And so that's why I say you have the discipline to build plans based on, you know, whether the markets go up or down. You know you're going to be okay based on how and when you may need that money. And certainly there are some good economic indicators out there. I mean, certainly the um, employment rate, is that's good news. There is. There's, you know, you, you can argue um, any president both ways, and in particular this one, and um, – there's been a lot of things that, you know, many would argue have been very good for the economy, very good for, you know, the job market and, um, and wages and things of that nature. And so um, so I think you put it all together, the economy still does look overall pretty strong. Right. Uh, but there are some concerns that things are softening and, and more on a global scale with these trade wars, these impacts could be rather staggering. Right. And, and then I think that there are also concerns. I know that Best Buy, I think, put out a warning that, that the, you know, some of their, their prices might have to be um, – you might be affected by by what's going on here, and they haven't, you know, so much to date. Yeah. But but there are things like that that are down the road that, you know, may not be um, that at the end of the day add up. You know, as we go about paying our bills or making purchases. And yeah, think- shoe companies put out a similar warning, and um, there's a study that just came out on on washers and dryers, ironically, and based on some tariffs that were imposed um, uh, recently. It turns out washers and you know washing machine the tariffs were imposed on washing machines. They went up by their prices went up by twelve percent. And ironically, even though the tariff was not imposed on dryers because they've typically been sold in tandem, the price on dryers has also gone up by twelve percent. And so, you know, you certainly have to realize that um, you know while President Trump is doing the best he can to protect our economy and make sure we're having a fair trade negotiations, which I think overall uh, is something that is very important. We have to understand that there is a real effect in the near term on the American consumer, and, and the price of goods and services are and will continue to go up. And and those are some some of the predictions that that we've been getting is that American consumers are going to start getting hit with that more and more. That they're going to start seeing that more and more, and that's the kind of thing that can create that issue of confidence because. If if that washer dryer is is twelve percent more than it was, mm-hmm. you know, suddenly it can spoof people. Yeah, and if consumer confidence goes down and people start spending less, then you know profitability even for our domestic companies goes down, and that that would certainly have an effect on the market as well. And so, you know, it really all is so interconnected. 
um, that, you know, nobody knows exactly how it will unwind, but there's, there's typically greater, a greater impact and a much bigger ripple effect than we uh, can see right at the, at, at the outset. All right. Well, listen, Justin Halverson, always a pleasure. pleasure. Uh, you can reach Justin at Great Waters Financial. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Esme, and have a great Memorial Day weekend. You too, absolutely. Okay. All right, folks, uh, thanks to Justin Halverson. Uh, listen, we do have to take a break. We want to give you your Memorial Day forecast. And then when we come up, come back, we're going to talk with um, an assistant professor of speech pathology uh, at Ball State University. We live in a very noisy world. How do you know when you are suffering hearing loss? And let's think about our kids, too. I mean, our kids are wearing headphones 24-7. They are plugged in. What about them? We're going to talk with that with this professor coming up after this break in which we will give you some weather. So keep it here. News Talk 830. It is 65 degrees in the Twin Cities right now. It is a very noisy world that we live in. How do you know when you have potentially a hearing problem? Dr. Lynn Bilski is an assistant professor at speech, of speech pathology and audiology at Ball State University and is joining us now. Dr. Bielski, thank you so much for coming on. Hi, thank you. It's nice to be here. Absolutely. I, I have so many questions for you. Among them, I want to talk a little bit about kids because kids these days have the earphones on 24-7. But yeah. I do want to ask you, uh, you know, as somebody who works in, in the news media, and I, I know that many, many, many people I work with have um, – have hearing loss, and, and they've spent, when you think about it, decades with headphones, you know, glued to their heads. Uh, I, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna name names, but I, I've sometimes put on somebody else's headphones and been blown away by how <laughs> big the sound is. How loud it is. Yeah. When do you know um, when you might have some kind of a hearing loss? And and does wearing let me ask you that first, and then I'll ask you the other questions. Uh, does wearing headphones lead to hearing loss? Yeah. It can. Um, there's two two t- factors that you want to keep in mind when it comes to exposure to loud sounds, loud music. It's time and intensity. So how long are you exposed to that sound and how loud is it? So if you're listening to headphones regularly, but in several hours a day even, but it's a reasonable volume, that shouldn't be a problem. Now, you can go to one really loud concert and be close to a speaker, and even though it's a relatively short period of time, that really loud intensity can cause permanent hearing loss. Even just a brief exposure to it? Absolutely, yep. Even a brief exposure to a loud sound, especially like something like in the summer like fireworks or other things, that very, very loud sound, even if it's a short time, can still lead to permanent hearing damage. All right, and, and that's something we should know as, as we approach the 4th of July. Um, what are some of the signs? Because it, it's one of those things that it's gradual, it's happening, but it's not as if you suddenly develop uh, a huge lump on your ear or something like that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a lot of people don't know that it's happening. One of the, the common signs of, of hearing loss is that you find that you're missing parts of conversation. Uh, you might notice that things sound a little jumbled. Uh, you might notice more difficulty hearing in challenging listening situations, particularly background noise. So going to a restaurant, you're like, oh, gosh, I think I missed something there. I'm not hearing very well. I, some people report things like uh, missing jokes, so they're laughing at inappropriate places in conversation. Asking for repetition is a common sign of, of hearing loss. Um, and things not sounding as clear as they used to as well. 
And, you know, let me ask you, I mean, how much is do you lose your hearing as you age? That is a good question. Uh, there, uh, there is hearing loss associated with aging, which we typically call presbycusis, which we see in older patients, um, although not everybody necessarily displays it. It's common, but not everybody has it. Okay. All right. So, so just because you're getting older, you, you may lose your hearing, but, but it doesn't necessarily, just because you're 80 doesn't mean you're, you're going to have lost it's, your hearing. Exactly. Because it's not just it's not just age that's a single factor. There's also genetics to consider, as well as other things like environmental factors and whatnot. So it's not just age that can contribute to that. In terms of um, and and for those people who do lose it as they age, is that something that's genetic or is that just um, environmental? It can be. It can be. Obviously, you know, hearing loss can run in families. Um, it can be genetic. Uh, it can also be uh, there are environmental factors. Obviously, your noise exposure and that are, are things that can affect how well you can hear later in life. Um, but there's other environmental factors, things like, you know, are you exposed to any kind of toxins or what kind of diet do you have? There's health factors that go into that. Um, so it's not just one single thing that can determine if you get hearing loss. Um, and in terms of that, you know, you're saying sort of the crowded, right? And I think, I think we've all been, I mean, so many restaurants are, are so noisy these days. I think a lot of us have been in those situations. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, but you're saying that, I, I guess it's like if everybody else seems to be hearing everything fine and you're the one missing out in a noisy restaurant, that's exactly. a clue. Yeah, that's a big clue. Um, how about and you mentioned the the concert thing and and I think that there is, does seem like it to be a lot more um, awareness in terms of things you see you know I, sometimes I see um, you know people with babies and now they've got the, you know the, the big uh, soundproof headphones on mm-hmm. are, are people more aware of the potential threat of hearing loss? They are. Uh, it's great to see parents that are protecting their, their kids' hearing. I think it's great to see kids with the little earmuffs on. Uh, parents, I wish they also had theirs on too, though. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Interesting. All those times you're saying, in other words, when when you see a baby with the headphones on in, in a situation where there might be firecrackers or something like that, you're, you're saying that, that the adults should probably have headphones on, too. Exactly. If you're going to get in the car and put your seatbelt on and your kids, you got the same sort of situation. Well, that is an interesting point. I, I had not thought of that. So it, it, what you're saying is that all of our hearing is sensitive to loud noises, not just if, if you're a small baby. Well, that, that, that is a good point then. Is our world noisier now than it was, you know, a few years ago or a couple yes. of decades ago or generations ago? Yes. Absolutely. Um, we've got a lot of uh, noise factors that are contributing to the rise of that in our, in our communities. Um, we have increased traffic noise. That's something that definitely contributes to our noise exposure. Um, we also see, like you mentioned, more and more people wearing headphones. That's something that can contribute to hearing loss, as well as things like uh, you mentioned the restaurant uh, issue, which is excellent. Um, if you think about some of the, the layouts of restaurants, how much they've changed in the past and just kind of what the materials are that's used to make it, make those restaurants, what kind of tables and chairs and things like that, all that can contribute to the acoustic environment, so how sounds behave in that in that situation, and that can actually lead to a noisier restaurant. In terms of um, uh, the age issue, uh, is there, can hearing loss occur at any age? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Let, let me ask you, how do, I mean, how, when, when you go for a hearing test, I mean, I don't think I've had a hearing test. I know that, you know, my, my kids, when they go to, when they went to the pediatrician, they, they would have the hearing test. You have to kind of raise your hand when you hear like a noise or whatever on um, mm-hmm. which side. Um, how, how, um, where does one get a hearing test? Do most doctors, are they able to perform it or do you have to go to a specialist? Uh, like you said, a lot of pediatricians do have hearing tests or hearing screenings offered for your kids. I would also check uh, a lot of school systems also do hearing screenings, places like Head Start and other um, public schools. You can definitely, I would definitely recommend seeing an audiologist uh, in your area if you'd like to get your hearing checked. And we would recommend that everyone get their hearing checked once a year. Really? Okay. Because even though, I mean, I, you know, I know people who get, you know, obviously the mammogram once a year, they certainly don't get their hearing checked. Mm-hmm. And is it, um, is there an, any estimates for what percentage of people are, are suffering from hearing loss and, and it hasn't been treated? Absolutely. Um, we find that in the population over the age of 70, about two out of three people have hearing loss. <laughs> so definitely something as you age, it gets uh, more prevalent. Uh, but it's quite a lot of, of folks. So yeah, over the age of 70, we, we see about two out of three Americans have hearing loss. And, and, and do all of them know it? No, most of them don't. Uh, which is why we suggest that you get that checked every year. Uh, hearing loss can be associated with other types of medical conditions, things like risk for falls and balance problems. It's been linked to things like uh, dementia uh, and other types of memory issues. Um, we also find that hearing loss, um, if, if you get your hearing tested first, um, it actually can help to, we see changes in hearing before we think, see uh, changes in cardiovascular health. New research there is showing how hearing screenings can help to uncover other health problems. Um, in terms of, you know, actually we do, um, we do have to take a quick break, doctor, and, and this is fascinating information. Dr. Lynn Bielski is an associate professor of speech pathology and audiology at Ball State University, a very, very great university uh, in Indiana. Um, we do have to take a quick break. Uh, break, Doctor. I, when we come back, I would like to see if I can ask you about um, children because it, it's something, I, you know, I worry about my own kids who are teenagers. Actually, uh, one is just no longer a teenager. Um, he's 20. Uh, and, and But I know a lot of parents are worried about it. And, and kids these days just are glued to they've got the headphones on and everything like that. And, and you, you worry about them. So let's take a quick break. More with uh, Dr. Bielski after this on News Talk 830. All right. We are chatting with Dr. Lynn Bielski. He, she's an associate professor of speech pathology and audiology. We're asking about when do you know you've got hearing loss? We want to talk about kids, but uh, we have a question now from our producer, Devin Marshall, who wants to ask you a question. Devin, what's your question for the doctor? Hi there, doctor. Um, I just had two quick questions. One is I went to school for audio engineering, so I was around a lot of loud music um, for long periods. I had always heard it's good to take a break every 45 minutes uh, for maybe 15 minutes. So I was wondering, are there any good precautions to take to save your hearing maybe? First of all, is that is that true, yeah. doctor? Yes. <laughs> Yes, that is true. It is? Um, okay. Is excellent. Yes, taking breaks from noisy environments is an excellent idea. That's good advice that you got. Absolutely. So some of the advice that I would give things like, number one, give yourself breaks. Take, take Remove yourself from noisy environments. 
And number two is um, if, if once you've taken a break, if move away from the sound source. So take off the headphones. If you're in a concert and you can go somewhere that's quieter, move yourself, remove yourself from the situation. And also check your volume. Your phone and a lot of other devices, your iPad, your tablet, ah. they a lot of times have uh, volume controls. You can preset how loud it will get. Parents, this is something that you can do too. Go ahead and take a look at your kids' devices and preset how loud they can go so that you know that it's not going to be at a volume level that's going to be dangerous to their ears. And Interesting. Then, oh, sorry. Um, are there headphones that are bu- better than others, like over-the-ear versus earbuds? Great question. Most of, as far as um, what kind of hearing uh, um, sensitivity or, or how good they are as far as the sound quality, a lot of that is kind of user preference. Um, <laughs> the earbuds were very, very popular. We've seen the, the more um, the circumoral or the muff-like headphones that people seem to prefer now. Um, honestly, I think it's more your perception of, of the sound quality and which style you like better. Okay, so it's not. I mean, like, the, are the earbuds not any better or worse than than the headphones? As far as can they, they can both cause hearing loss. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay, or just yep. because one's sort of a little bit more in the ear. That that, that excellent excellent questions, um, Devin. Um, how about um, children? Are are you seeing more children with problems? Um, you yeah, are okay. Definitely seeing more children that have, especially noise-induced hearing loss. We call it. So this is hearing loss that's associated with exposure to loud sounds. So you're listening under headphones, things like that. Uh, we usually, we you know, a certain number of children we do see with hearing loss that's present at birth. Uh, we also see some children who have hearing loss associated with things like ear infections. Uh, but we're seeing a rise in the number of children who are exposed to loud music and other noise sources that we hadn't seen in the past. Wow. And how much of it with the children? Is it, um, is it just the constant exposure to devices? It's, that definitely plays a role. We've seen, especially as the, the earbuds and the headphones and as far as being on your phone or your tablet has gotten more popular, we've seen those numbers go up of hearing loss in children. Wow. Okay. Because I, I know that – and. Um, and, and then how is that discovered? Is it is it in one of those pediatrician screenings where, where the kid can't hear the noise going? Exactly. In the old raise your hand for the beep type of test. Exactly. That's, that is one way that we do catch children who have noise exposure and noise-induced hearing loss. One of the things, though, uh, I would want to mention is that new research has indicated that um, – that even if you pass something like the raise your hand for the when you hear the beep test, uh, you might still have some damage to your hearing system. Remember that your hearing system, we think of our ears, the stuff that we can see, you know, your ears, your ear canals maybe. Um, noise can damage the snail-shaped organ of cochlea that's inside of your head. That's one place that um, the cells in there can get damaged by uh, noise and loud music. There's also cells that are just beyond the cochlea that we're finding also are damaged by loud sounds. And those aren't necessarily the cells that are tested on the old raise your hand when you hear the beep test. So you okay. may have damage to other parts of the auditory system that is not detectable from the gold standard raise your hand for the beep type of test that would probably be done in a pediatrician's office. And um, 
hearing aids are not what they were. I mean, I used to, I remember as a child seeing people with hearing aids and they were these huge, giant, clunky things. I mean, now you've mm-hmm. got these ones that are really hard to see, especially if you're a woman they're with longer hair. It's <laughs> impossible to see. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hearing aids have changed quite a lot over the years. Uh, we now have, I mean, you can, we're to the point now you can Bluetooth sync your hearing aids to your phone. <laughs> You're kidding! Uh, no, you can control your hearing aids with your phone. Yes. Um, that is um, that's really so. So that and that would help you hear your phone, or just just set your hearing aid. Like, let's say you so you could change the setting on your hearing aid. Let's say you're about to go into one of those a crowded restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you could. Is there like a restaurant mode or something like that? Yes. Yes. There, there is. is. Restaurant mode. On many hearing aids, uh, the the you know depending on your needs, one of the things you'd probably have done at your audiologist's office after they just you know check you for hearing loss is a hearing aid evaluation. And in those types of appointments, you talk about what's your lifestyle like. Are you in noisy places? Are you spend a lot of time on the phone? Are you in quiet a lot? And hearing aids now have the ability to have different listening programs for each listening situation. So you might have one for quiet listening. Maybe you're at home watching TV. And also another one for restaurants, noisy places, and another one for your telephone. There's also options for music programs as well. Wow. Okay. And, and all of that's something that, that you can do because the settings would be different to accommodate those different scenarios. Absolutely. So the processing of the sound, the, the, that's one of the areas where we've seen huge progress uh, in hearing aids is how well they are able to process that sound and the clarity has gotten much better. Uh, the other thing that's changed quite a lot is the microphone technology. Microphones have gotten a lot better, uh, and different microphones can be activated in different listening situations. Um, and let me ask you, in general, are, somebody told me this, the hearing aids aren't covered by insurance. Is that right? It varies. It varies widely. We see differences from from different insurance carriers as to if they are covered, and if they are covered, how much coverage uh, insurance provides. Oh, okay, all right. But but sometimes that's the case that people that hearing aids are not covered. True. Okay, because that's that, that, I mean that that would be obviously very difficult and something, and that that's the kind of thing where I thought. If anything would be covered, it would be this, especially if you mentioned that statistic that you mentioned, uh, that two out of three people over the age of 70 have hearing loss. Yes. I mean, that's <laughs> that's, that's two out of number. three people, folks. Yes, yes. <laughs> wow, okay. Um, all right, well, listen, um, this has been um, really, really interesting, and, and I, I, I keep getting back to your point. There are so many times when I see all these parents who, who are just, you know, have these, you know, little, adorable babies with the big headsets on, and you're saying, if, if the little babies have headsets, the parents should have, or the headphones, they sh- the parents exactly. should have it too, and I'll, I'll remember that as well. Um, but, but great information, uh, and I did not know that. That is so cool that it can actually be tuned that way. Uh, it sounds like it's really sort of a new era when it comes to hearing aids. Yes, and it continues. We see changes and improvements every year. Okay, absolutely awesome. All right, well, listen, uh, Dr. Lynn Bielski, thank you so much, uh, Assistant Professor of Speech Pathology and Audiology at Ball State University. Great information. We certainly appreciate your time this evening. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It was great.
All right, folks, do want to invite you to tune into WCCO-TV Sunday morning, 6 a.m., 10.30 a.m. Mike Augustinak and I will be there. And our guests at 10.30 a.m., Senator Karen Housley on a landmark bill that will license assisted living facilities in Minnesota. It also allows people to put a hidden camera in your loved one's room if you're concerned about any kind of abuse. It's really a big deal piece of legislation. And then we're also going to be joined by the chief medical officer for Planned Parenthood to talk about all these changes with abortion laws uh, across the country. But I want to let you know that uh, coming up next, we've got one of my favorite guests, the one and only Professor David Schultz, who is just back from an overseas trip to Eastern Europe. So I'd love to talk to him. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 